dropping gems from Keisha Christian. She's on a mission, sharing information, knowledge for souls, body and mind. Dropping gems, KeishaGems.com. KeishaGems.com. Welcome to episode one of Just Dropping Gems podcast. My name is Keisha Christian, holistic lifestyle coach, author, and owner of Keisha's Gems LLC. My co-host on this episode entitled Baby, Let's Talk About Sex series is Professor Venice Richards. She is an award-winning educator, executive producer, and founder of Hashtag Pink and Sexy, Welcome to the show. So excited to have you on as my co-host today. Thank you, Keisha. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so like I mentioned, um, today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is um, sexual health, and we're having a sexual health um, series. So today, um, on this um, particular podcast, we're going to be talking about the rate of HIV and STD um, rates in the African-American community. And what I found so interesting as I was doing research on this is the fact that the highest cases are on the East Coast and in the southern regions of the country. And even according to the um, CDC, the rates of HIV have gone down within the Black community 8% from 2011 to 2015. But despite this, the rates among our women and gay men are higher than those of any other ethnic group. And as I was doing my research and going through um, information on the CDC, what I realized is that, or what I questioned, I should say, is why? Why is the rate so high within our community? And um, I just, I found this really um, mind boggling. So I did some further research and I actually found an article from um, verywellhealth.com that was um, written by um, a journalist and a doctor. Um, and some of the possible reasons they came up with is poverty, the stigma attached to it, lack of access of healthcare, failure of government, social, police, and legal services, discriminatory rates of arrest and incarceration, and high density of urban populations. And as I was discussing this with um, my co-host, we were like, what? That kind of didn't make sense to me. So I'm going to bring Venice Richards on. I want to hear her um, opinion as well regarding this. Well, Keisha, you know, as an educator, because we're both educators, um, what struck me as odd is that, you know, um, in a lot of different ways, education is free. Uh, So what, what, what really concerned me was the idea that, you know, if you don't have money, you can't protect yourself from HIV. That's crazy to me. I just really felt like that was like just a blatant pull out of the left field somewhere, you know, um, because, you know, you have free clinics to get tested for HIV is free. 
Um, you know, I, I just don't understand how, you know, like how do we not be able to counteract our own survival? Like how do we, how are we not able to counteract the effects of HIV AIDS in our community if we don't have money? I don't understand how that's like a viable argument in 2018. So there are clinics where you can get condoms for free. There are exactly. clinics where you can get tested for HIV. There's, you know, so much information out there. There are kits, take home kits that you can use to see, you know, if you are susceptible for HIV. Like there's so many ways in which to know your status and to be able to do it in a cost effective manner. That exactly. I just don't think that that's, you know, a viable excuse as to why it's so high in our community. I feel, honestly, that it's just a lack of responsibility. I feel that maybe um, our community is too quick to allow ourselves to be over-sexualized and we feel as though we could just hop on anything and do whatever and there are no consequences. I, that's my personal belief, but you know, not everybody has to share that common belief, but that's kind of how I feel. I feel like it's a lack of respect for your body and yourself and whoever it is that you're with to not take the time to use the resources that are available to you so that you can know your status and yeah. keep everyone around you safe. This that's is true. And then not only that, because um, you're, you're high school, um, you're more high school, um, and um, I would say higher education. I'm elementary. Yeah. So even with me, as an elementary school teacher, one of the things that was part of the curriculum was teaching about HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. although it was an option, I made sure I taught my students about it. So I want to know what is being taught also in the school. Because um, even if it's not being taught in the home, I'm not saying that it's um, the teacher's responsibility to teach this. It should be on the teacher if it's not mm -hmm. taught in the home. But it, it's part of the curriculum. So I want to know why is it, if that's the case, then why is it that um, you're telling me that you don't know anything about HIV in, in 2018? You don't know how it could be caught. You don't know how to prevent it. So when I, um, I read these articles, I just question many things in the, um, the author's purpose behind the article. Right, 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 right. Mind-boggling um, to me. And that, that, to me, that brings me to, you know, another place with this. It's um, um, the way that we are perceived um, within the African-American community by the outside world. Um, I... I'm very conscious of that because I feel as though sometimes passes are given when passes are not needed. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, making an excuse that poverty is the issue or making the excuse that um, lack of access to X, Y, and Z, um, it, it, to me, it feels like a cop out. It feels like a major excuse that um, is given by um, the outside in order to be able to let whatever's happening on the inside of the community continue. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. So there is, there's, there's a part in the article where it talks about like government um, responsibility. Yeah, this and I actually cool. have the article up right now. It's being shared. Yeah. Um, if you are on YouTube um, and you are looking on my, on my YouTube channel, Keisha's Gems LLC, I'm actually going to um, 
have the, the article up so you could actually see um, what we are discussing. The name of the article is called Why HIV Rates Are High in the African American Community, Poverty and Government Inter in Action Fuels Ongoing Crisis. And um, within this article, well, I'm sorry, Venice, what were you um, saying? No, 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 go, continue. Oh, in the article, actually, it has, um, this is an article that was written um, July of um, 2018, um, actually was updated July 2018. So this is a pretty recent article. And within the article, they are talking about the, um, the current um, U.S. statistics. They're also um, giving the reasons as to possible reasons as to why um, the, um, the risks are so high within the community, especially um, amongst women, African-American women, and um, African-American um, homosexual men. Those are the two groups where it's the highest. Okay. Hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. That was another thing that um, uh, concerned me as well was um, the, the statistics for homosexual African-American men and um, African-American women um, because to me, um, I think it's interesting that uh, heterosexual African-American males were not really mentioned. Um, and <laughs> I want to say that, um, you know, homosexual men are not interested in having sex with women. And women can't be given it to themselves. I mean, they could, essentially. But it doesn't really work like that. Mm -hmm. So how are these women coming down with HIV? And the, the men are not, there's no statistics on heterosexual African-American men. How does that work? I, I, I don't, that's a disconnect for me. Exactly. But we could even go over to um, saying that you're saying, being that you're mentioning that, we could actually look at um, the HIV, because I also went on the, on the CDC and I got the latest um, updated um, statistics they had on HIV and African Americans. And um, according to the CDC, I have the PDF up. This came out in January 2018. So despite the rates going down between 2011 and 2015, as I stated before, um, 8%, the rates are still high. And um, they basically here with the CDC, even though it's not mentioned in the article, as you said, um, it actually talks about male to male. It shows a, a graph. I have the graph up on the screen. Um, it shows the graph of um, black male to male sexual contact. Um, and it's over 10,000. And like I mentioned, this is in the southern region and the eastern um, regions of the United States. And with women, it's over 4,000. But it's funny how they don't mention in this for the CDC, homosexual with black women. I just thought that was interesting when I was looking at the um, statistics. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Then, you know, for me, the question then becomes, so why are the rates so high? Okay, I know that um, uh, it's always been considered traditionally that um, if you were um, homosexual, um, that high-risk behavior 
would result in HIV. Um, that's how traditionally it was always talked about. So we always had like that understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So I get it on that angle, but I don't understand how so many women are coming down with it. That's the thing. And what does it really mean about women and our sexual health and our self-love? Yeah. And like, it really takes me to a place of, as black women, are we really doing everything that we can to keep ourselves safe? Are we committed to the goal of loving ourselves, all of ourselves? Are like, where are we in terms of how we feel about ourselves to, to be indulging in such risky behavior? Exactly, especially in 2018 um, with all this information that we have. We have Google. Like, I can't, like what you said, I cannot take, oh, because of poverty, because um, of the rate of people living in an impoverished area. There, you know, people read, you know? Right. You might be living in poverty, but you read, you know what right. I mean? You, they have Facebook, you know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. Despite, despite being impoverished, many of these people do have cell phones. They're able to go online. They're able to read, um, go on Google. So to just say that, I just, I, I don't know what the cause of it is. And what we need to do is look on how to prevent it. Right. And since we have the information out there on how to prevent it, it's just really time that we spend more time in our circles and our safe spaces really having these conversations about, you know, what does self-love really mean? Like how, okay, it's one thing to go for a spa visit. It's one thing to, um, you know, uh, I mean, you know, there's just so many different ways in which, you know, get your nails done, get your hair done. That's Mm -hmm. nice, you know, and everything like that, that, you know, that's Mm -hmm. self-love. That's great. But, Real self-love is saying no. You know what I mean? Like, if you know that there's a particular situation that's going on with a particular type of person mm-hmm. and they are presenting themselves as the only option for you, yeah. the answer is no. No. Uh, that's self-love too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't have to have sex. That could be a no also. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to do anything but stay black and die. And you don't have to die tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, I don't understand, like, what, what are we really talking about when we talk about in terms of self-love? What does that really mean? What does that really look like? Um, how are um, African-American women between 18 and 25, um, you know, screw that, 18 to 60, how are we feeling about self-love? What does that really mean to us? And how are we really determining that? Because if we don't stop this, this, this three-wing circus that we're on, if we, don't, if we don't start paying attention to what's right there in front of us mm-hmm. and seeing how this could potentially end our lives, we are going to be a statistic. And I'm not trying to be a statistic. No, it's not. I'm not trying to be a statistic either. You understand? Not so all. we have so, so much I, work to do. <laughs> yes. I have things to take care of. I have no time. Listen, my life is already a soap opera. 
I really don't need no more chapters of the soap opera. I don't need, no, I don't need that. Mm -mm. I'm not adding anything else to my journey. My journey is is packed enough. Yeah. Okay. So so what are we going to do? That becomes a question. If, from what I'm seeing, if, if, if you're looking at the data the way I see the data, there's mm-hmm. a definite problem, there's a definite situation, and we really need to talk about what we really want for our lives and what we really think is success. Um, and, you know, there's some other things, you know, in my head that I'm thinking about, but I'm not going to mention it for the sake of this particular podcast because I don't want to get off on a tangent and go into other areas, but I'm going to just leave it at self-love. What does self-love look like to you? Yes. Yeah, we need to look at that. What does self-love look like to you? Yes. And what is this here? One in six that I see up on the screen. Yeah, one in six. Um, an estimated, at the end of 2014, an estimated 471,500 4, African Americans are living with um, HIV. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yes, very much so. Hmm. Okay, I'm not going to act like we are not aware of the fact that there are medications out there that um can that you can take. Uh, I've been I've been seeing the commercials on TV about um, you know, medi- What is it? Is it called Prevent? I think it is. I don't remember the name of the medicine, but it's a medicine that you take if you know that you're of a particular group that could easily get HIV and you're not HIV positive at the moment, there's a drug that you can take that will keep you HIV negative. I did hear about that. I actually, I heard about that drug. Like, like Proven or something like that. I don't really remember. Maybe I should look it up. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, but I remember hearing about a drug, um, but re- isn't it in the trial? Um, it's in the trial um, period, isn't it right now? Is it? Because I'm seeing it advertised. So I wasn't really um, aware that it was still in the trial um, er, um, trial period. Let me let me see if I can. Yeah, I remember me... hearing about it. But um, I, to be honest, I really didn't do too much research on that. I was more looking at the statistics in our community and questioning why we are um, in our community. Why is the um, HIV rate and STD rate so high as compared to other communities? Yes. And I think that that's like so important. Um, but my thing is, is I don't want, my reason for bringing it up is because I don't want people to feel like, oh, well, you know, there's better options out there than there used to be. So it doesn't have to be a death sentence. So it's okay, you know what I mean, to participate in this risky behavior. Because if the rates were going down as of 2015, and now mm-hmm. the, the rates are going back up, and now it's 2018, it could be that people have relaxed their um, their sense of awareness mm-hmm. to something that's deadly um, because there are more drugs and more advances out there so that you could live a healthy life with HIV. I don't want that to be the thing. You know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be um, a minority. Like, being HIV negative, I shouldn't be the minority in my own community when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if that's the case, then I will be celibate forever, and I'll be good with that. 
<laughs> I'm not giving anybody's HIV, like straight up and down. So I, that's why I brought up that this, um, this particular drug, because it was being advertised so much at one point on TV mm-hmm. that I really feel like maybe that might be some kind of a reason. Maybe that might be a thing why people feel as though they don't necessarily have to be as protected as they once were. I don't know. Maybe. That's scary, though. Isn't it? Because I also think about, like, um, the, what about the side effects of this medication? Because it sounds pretty new. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. PrEP, P-R-E-P. Yes. Yeah. There it is. I'm looking at it. So um, I'm just thinking about, okay, being that I didn't really do research on it, so I'm just looking at what I'm seeing on, on a quick Google search. Um, it's a way that people who do not have HIV but who are at a substantial risk of getting it to prevent HIV infection by taking a pill every day. I don't know how I feel about that. Right. I don't exactly. know. I mean, like, I'll, I'm not judging, right? Because anyone, you know, if this, is, if this option is for the, the person who feels though they need it, then, you know, that's fine. So I'm not judging, but I don't know how I feel about taking a pill every day to prevent the risk of HIV. And then I think about what are the side effects. That's something that I really would have to look at. Right. Yeah, but right. let, me, let me keep this, um, I'll put this website up. So if anybody wants to, um, I'll actually put this in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go on this uh, website and um, check this out, this is from the CDC. That's what I'm looking at. I'm getting my information from the CDC. Um, if anybody wants to um, do more research or look into this, um, this medication, talk to your doctor about it, um, by all means, do that. Right. And just remember that, you know, condoms are still free. Any healthcare facility, condoms are still free. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. There's, there's so many different apps. Spermicide is another option. I know some people are sensitive to that. Um, but that is also another option to use with condoms that, mm-hmm. you know, so that instead of getting that 99.9% protection, you get a hundred percent protection. If you use the spermicide with the, with the condom, yeah. um, there's a female condoms. There's yeah. so many different variations of, uh, ways in which to prevent yourself from catching HIV. I think it's just very important that we, um, explore all those options and, um, I mean, when it comes right down to it, mm-hmm. if somebody loves you, if somebody cares about you, if somebody's really trying to be with you, if you say to them, I want to go get tested mm-hmm. before we ever get to the level where we are sexually active, right? Mm-hmm. That could be an amazing date. That could be a wonderful, wonderful date. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I even remember an episode of um, Being Mary Jane. Still not the safest way to go about it, but she did have the in-home HIV um, antibody kits. And so they did a swab beforehand to see if there was any um, influctuation in, 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 you know, in the results. And there wasn't. And so they did what they did. I, nece- I wouldn't necessarily do that. I would use the kit, but then I would... You would go to set the up doctor. Testing. Huh? You would still go to the doctor? Yeah, I would set up for testing a few weeks later mm-hmm. for another date. You know what I mean? And then 
I would do what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know because the thing with HIV is that you have you're supposed to test it every six months. Yeah, every six months because it could show up negative at that moment and then yeah. become positive with your next visit. Yeah. So I'm not trying to um, monitor anybody else's genitals and action in the bedroom. I'm just saying what I feel is safe and appropriate for me. Mm-hmm. And what's safe and appropriate for me is giving it time because I may decide after six months that I don't even really like you that much. And I may be happy that I didn't even waste my time sweating mm-hmm. it out with you. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. it just really kind of depends on where you're at and, and who you are and what you um, want to do in terms of your sexual health. But I really feel that time is our friend. Time is our friend. Yeah, give it time. Get to know that person. Get to know them. And, and the time in which you're waiting for those results to come back, the time in which you're um, getting tested and waiting for round two to get tested again and all that kind of stuff. I mean, give it time. Yeah. Stop being so quick to want to make things happen. Yes, we all want to be loved. Yes, we all want attention. We all want affection. But everything does not have to result in sex. Dating. And sex are two different things. Exactly. They are not synonymous. Yes, they are. And actually, we are going to be talking about that in um, a future in future episodes um, in this Baby Let's Talk About series. And so we'll, be go, we'll definitely be going into um, <laughs> more detail or, you know, even talking about that because that's really important. And um, being a holistic lifestyle coach, uh, apart from being an educator, I decided to have this as a first episode because I think it's really important to talk about this. This is a part of holistic health. Um, it's not so much what you're putting into your mouth or what you're eating because people think about, that's the first thing people think about when they think about holism or living holistically is what you're eating. But it's also, what are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding your spirit? What are you feeding your body? Remember when we are exchanging um, and we're coming together with another person, that is very sacred. And there's certain energies that are being exchanged during that time. So it's so important that we take this very, quite seriously, especially in um, our community. And, you know, I just, I just, I love my people and I yep. want us to all live and I just want us to all thrive and have um, the best quality of life that we could possibly have. That's, that's my goal. That's so true. I totally agree. And I think that's why we work so well together because we have um, the same goal in mind, you mm-hmm. know, um, as a pure romance consultant um, and having my own, you know, um, uh, sex toys business for um, since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual health is a major deal to me as an educator. Um, educating people about sexual health is a major thing to me. Empowering mm-hmm. women to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is everything to me. Um, and I just think that it's very important that we all um, are, are paying close attention to what's happening to us in this world, to our bodies, and what's happening around us. It's, it's a it's everything. It, it's it's the difference between life and death. Yes, it is. It definitely is. It definitely so. is. 
Yeah. So Keisha, thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. And I'm so happy to have you on for my very first (laughs) episode as my co-host. This was great. And I thank you so much for listening to Just Dropping Thank you for listening to Just Dropping Gems podcast. This episode has been sponsored by Keisha's Gems and Dropping Gems Books. Be sure to check out our website where we offer holistic solutions with the soul in mind. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.droppinggems.com. That's D-R-O-P-P-I-N-G-G-E-M-Z.com. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor or advertising on this podcast, you can contact us at www.keishagems.com that's k-e-i-s-h-a-g-e-m-z.com or email us at keishagems at gmail.com that's k-e-i-s-h-a-g-e-m-z at gmail.com thank you so much for listening peace and blessings to you